morning, early morning this morning. And uh, last night, uh, you could just feel the news in the crowd. Uh, price gouging and gasoline in Greenville. I came through Spartanburg, Gaffney, Greenville area. Five dollars a gallon for gas. But I was glad to wake up this morning and find out the government said they're going to deal with them. Amen. I hope they make them drink about a half a quart and give them a cigarette. Amen. We'll talk, we'll talk about gas. <laughs> right in front of the fire station so they can hose them down before they kill them. But everybody is thinking about and everybody is mulling over in their minds even while you're rejoicing in the choir, while you're rejoicing in the congregation, in the back of your mind is what's going on in this situation and what is happening in this current event. Now, I'm going to take a stab tonight at showing you what the Bible says about what we're seeing. I do want to mention that Mark said this. I don't have this wrote down. It's not on the uh, transcriber back there, so... I will say that Mark said, and Matthew said, Mark said it in Mark chapter 5, that when you see these things come to pass, know this, this is the beginning of sorrows. You're not seeing the end of trouble, you're seeing the start of trouble. And the Word of God is plain. I want to say before I get started that all of it is hinging on a little bitty place on the map that is called the navel of the world, and that's Jerusalem. If you go to Jerusalem tonight and make a stake claim at, uh, at, at, at the Dome of the Rock, there in the middle of Jerusalem, and you take a string and string it out from one side to the other, if that string came back around and touched, you'd find it is exactly in the middle of the heart of existence as we know it. On the Six-Day War, when Jerusalem took and the Israelis took the Golan Heights, excuse me, I'm sorry, thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, in the Six-Day War, when God won it for them, when God won it for them, when God gave them that property and that land, it was won in six days, and it was won by sovereign supernatural power. And as you know, the Palestinians had it, and the Palestinians have wanted it back, and the Palestinians, the Arabs, Arafat's crowd, whatever you want to call them, uh, they have been the enemies of the Jew ever since Ishmael and Isaac. It don't go back to 67. It don't go back to Sharon. It don't go back uh, to Bagan. It don't go back. It goes back to Abraham. And there'll be no true peace in that part of the country until the Prince of Peace comes back and sets up his kingdom on the earth and shall rule and reign for a thousand years in Jerusalem. Now, we're going to have some justice then, but not until then. So I want to mention uh, that, if I can to you, keep in mind that, that 
little area called the Golan Heights. Keep in mind that's Jewish-owned property. Keep in mind that they are the apple of God's eye. You say, I don't like them. Well, if I had been choosing a chosen race, I would have chosen the rednecks. Wouldn't you? Because we is one. (laughs) I didn't pick them. I didn't choose them. Uh, I know how you feel about their stinginess. I know how you feel about their economics. I know how you feel about their orthodox religion. And I know, I know how many of us have a prejudice against any kind that's not our kind. But God chose them. For some reason, He chose that crowd as His people, and they ain't never going to be unchosen. They like me. I'm His child, and I can't be unchosen. But why are we seeing... So much heartache on this continent right here, the North American continent. Why all these problems? Let me give you some verses that you can look at with me tonight. Look at Psalm 83, 4. They have said, the enemies of God, the enemies of Jerusalem, they have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. Now, that is the Palestinian ideology. If you are here tonight with roots in Palestine and you claim to be Palestinian, I'm not against you. I am stating a fact that you'd have to shoot me before I take it back. God's people are the Jews and the and the and the uh, the, the, the the people of that part of the country that are Palestinian are against them. Let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Look at 15 in the same chapter. Notice what it says. So persecute. This is David's response. So persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. Notice what it says in Deuteronomy 32.9. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert, talking about Israel, found him in a desert land and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, and he kept him as, I quote the word, the apple of his eye. That has not changed. Amos 9, 14 I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also grow gardens or make gardens and eat the fruit of them, and I'll plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God." The Bible teaches us in Psalm 122 and verse 6, Pray, this is a direct command from Scripture, just like prayer for your son, prayer for your daughter, prayer for your family, prayer for your church, prayer for your country. It says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Notice this, they shall prosper that love thee. I want to I wanna take some current events and some facts and read them to you. Brother Timmy, can you give me one more? I want to end with this one, but look at Genesis 13, 3 says, I'll bless them that bless thee, 
curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. God said there is a promise of provision and prosperity that goes with loving His chosen people. There's also promises and provision and prosperity that goes with being good to those He anoints to preach. So when God lays His hand on something and you don't like it, the best thing you can do is keep your mouth off of it because God lays His hand on whom and where He will. Because with the breath of His nostrils, He can blow you away. On October the 30th, pray for me, please. On October the 30th, 1991, a peace conference convened in Madrid, Spain. And it was called by Senior George Bush, who was then the president. Uh, and uh, he, he called this Israeli-Palestinian get-together uh, over the conflict that they were having he got them together and he, he framed this phrase, land for peace. We've heard it, you've heard it, if you read the paper at all. You know that uh, George Bush, not W, but his daddy, coined that phrase. And President Bush set the pace from the opening bell, here's what he said, throughout the Middle East we seek a stable and enduring settlement. We've not defined what uh, this means. Indeed, I'm, I quote, Indeed, I make these points with no map showing where the final borders are to be drawn. Nevertheless, we believe territorial compromise is essential for peace. Now listen closely. While Bush was speaking in Madrid, Spain... Out of the North Atlantic Ocean, a powerful storm began to brew. It came from Nova Scotia downward. As you know, if you watch any weather pattern, all the weather, weather patterns that we know anything about go from west to east. And all the hurricanes and the winds that blow with torrential power come off of the coast of Africa and up uh, through the Caribbean area, and all of them come up through the islands of that part of the country. But this one was brewing off of Nova Scotia. Uh, and while this, this uh, abnormal weather pattern was brewing, uh, he was speaking on this subject uh, of uh, the Palestinians and the Israelis compromising, and especially the Israelis giving up uh, this Golan Heights. Uh, the following day was October 31. That is, as you know, Halloween. And the Tempest decided to come ashore for some trick-or-treating. It uh, uh, absurdly smashed its way into New England with waves in excess of 100 feet, the highest on record. The storm was initially called a monster, as it was literally hundreds of miles wide. 
It then proceeded down the coast all the way to Florida, calling, causing millions and millions of dollars worth of damages. The nation's meteorologists were astounded by their own data. The extremely rare weather pattern uh, that uh, was created this uh, Halloween night uh, can only happen about once every century. They said that they concluded that it was one of the most powerful storms to have ever occurred in that part of the country. These findings resulted in a book being written and a movie being produced entitled The Perfect Storm. While Mr. Bush was negotiating with the Palestinians and while he was putting up a representation for Arafat, and that regime, here a storm comes on land and begins to move one mile an hour slower than hurricane strength. Uh, and I found it strange that the front page of the headlines in the New York Times and the USA Day newspaper featured the Madrid Peace Conference and the perfect storm story on the same page. Uh, the adjacent articles in the USA Today were entitled, One on One Peace Talks Next. And then right below it, it said this, East Coast hit by rare storm. Ladies and gentlemen, I find it awful coincidental or awful on purpose that while the leader of the nation that says it is pro-Israeli, we will stand by the Jews, we will stand by their tradition, we'll stand by their heritage, we'll fight with them tooth and nail, we will support them in all of their efforts, and now we're kowtowing to a man who don't even know how to shave, who has since stepped down to, out into eternity, God only knows where he went. And here we have God saying, don't back up on me now, George. Don't back up on me now for the simple reason it's not going to work. Oh. He said this. The President of the United States at that time said this. He said he could not believe, the, and I quote, the extent of the damage. Give me that other pair of glasses, if you will, please. He says, I could not believe the extent of the damage. And uh, he said... I've been around the ocean for a long time, and most who have lived around here all their lives have never seen anything like this. It came on shore at Kennebuckport, Maine, right where Mr. Bush has a home, and took about one-third of the front end of it off and pushed it out in the ocean, and he was left basically with about half a house, and it, it started and it finished in the same conference when he was standing up speaking on behalf of the enemies 
of Israel. You say, preacher, why do you think? Oh, I don't know. God knows I'm not an authority. I couldn't tell you uh, tonight if you held a gun to my hand. Absolutely why a lot of these things happen. But it sure is coincidental. And uh, Barbara said this, Barbara Bush, uh, I hope these people know God. I do. And she said this. She said, we are a blessed family. She said, I thank God that we weren't injured. <laughs> and then she chuckled, it said in the article, and she said, it sure was hard to watch my living room float into the Atlantic. <laughs> well, God help us tonight to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. He said, I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof, and they shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them, and I will plant them uh, upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them, saith the Lord God. You say, preacher, you think that little perfect storm situation and that President Bush situation, that Barbara Bush situation, and, 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 and the only storm in our generation to ever come down out of Nova Scotia and go down? You have never heard of a hurricane that went down the seaboard of the eastern coast. But they said it was a storm that had a mind of its own. And it went down through there emphatically. Uh, on, on August the 23rd, 1992, President Bush, he moved this Madrid Peace Conference to America. Listen closely. The, th the theme for this Washington, D.C.-based uh, peace summit was land for peace. The U.S. representative was acting secretary Lawrence Eagleburger, in an interview with Eagleburger, the New York Times reported that the peace negotiations were resuming in the context of an Israeli government that was prepared to come to the table and forfeit some of their property because of pressure from the White House. That very day, I dug this up, that the very day they met in Washington to discuss the Israeli turning over this land that was gotten last week, the same day. Now, I know, I know we have skeptics. That very day, Andrew, 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 devastated southern Florida, caused $30 billion in property damage, left 180,000 homeless, with another 25,000 disposed in where? Louisiana. Only went there to find it worse. Making it the worst, and I quote, the worst natural disaster in American history. The National Hurricane Center described Andrew as a 30-mile-wide tornado. Andrew was so fierce, 
It even destroyed the wind measuring apparatus. They said the last calculation they had of Andrew was 200 miles an hour. And I remember on my TV set, and you do too, how the winds blew through there in southern Florida. Homestead, Florida, took the eye of it. And it just happened to be the same time when Arafat was in Washington sitting up a meeting on whether or not the Bible is true concerning Israel. Once again, this Madrid Peace Conference and Mother Nature's response shared front-page coverage in the national press. The headline in USA Today on August 24th was, and I quote, One million flee Andrew. (laughs) They said this will make Hugo look weak. Monster storm targets Florida. Also... On the same page beneath it, Mideast peace talks to resume soon. I wonder how much more God is even going to begin to tolerate when He has so inked the truth in His Word that He is a little sick and tired of people wobbling on the axle about His people. Don't tell me you're pro-something if you're not pro-something. Don't tell me you're going to stand for something if you're going to fall when it gets difficult. If a Democrat don't like it or a Republican don't like it, you better get dead in the middle and find out what God has to say about it. If you don't, He'll breathe on you. I picked up a, 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 a clipping today that said there's still people who can't even say the word Andrew because it so emotionally shocks them. They won't even say the word. He brings it back to America on January the 16th, 1994. Listen, Bill Clinton... And Syria's President Assad, A-S-S-A-D, they met in Geneva to discuss more land for peace issues and arguments. This time, Israel would have to return the Golan Heights to Syria. Clinton was quoted in the press as stating, and I quote exactly what he said, Israel must make concessions that will be politically unpopular with most Israelis. I guess so. Have you seen the temperament on television of them people when they had to turn around and burn their houses as they drug them by their heels across the border? I'm trying to tell you why some of the stuff is it's all pivoting in one place. And God's a little sick of people being so ignorant they don't want to read it or hear it. Amen. Yes, sir. He said it will be unpopular with the Israelis. Less than 24 hours later, a 6.9 rector scale measurement earthquake 
hit California, Southern California. It hit in a little place called Northridge, which is the southern part of the state and runs up into San Francisco. It pulverized Southern California. The quake centered in Northridge and became the second most deadly natural disaster to come to America. I might add that it hit on the belt buckle of the one place. It hit within the eye of the, or, or the, the, the uh, uh, center point of that earthquake. Hit on the very spot where the hottest, the most vulgar, and the most wicked porn movies are made. And by the way, you can't even find a sign with Bourbon Street on it anymore. The Mardi Gras has had a drop kick through the goalpost of life. And I wonder why. I'm getting the impression from what I'm reading and I'm getting the impression from what I'm watching. I'm getting the impression from what I'm hearing. God is about to puke. Now, if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, you're living on the ragged edge of a Christless eternity. Just any day now, the Lord is coming. He'll be returning for you. Glory to God and for me. I don't want to just give you facts the whole time. Let me preach a little bit. Oh, and the 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 the, the facts that uh, I gave you, and the facts that we see it hit right in the middle of the porn industry. I want to give you some things that happened in relation to God's judgment when Clinton was in office. I want you to listen to this. I was astounded. A man wrote a book on this. And I read and studied it today. Look at it. I want you to listen. September the 1st, 1993, President Clinton announces he will meet Arafat and Rabin on September the 13th in Washington, D.C. Uh, to begin the Oslo Peace Initiative. Y'all remember that and the Peace Accord. After nearly a week of meandering in the Atlantic Ocean, Hurricane Emily hit North Carolina on the very day... At the very time they were scheduled to meet. You say, Brother Brown, that's awful coincidental. Well, I think you're getting awful ignorant. If you can't at least let one side of your brain think, we might be talking about some truth here. And the Scripture backs this up. March the 2nd, 1997, Arafat meets with President Clinton in Washington. The same day, awesome tornado storms unleashed tremendous damage in Arkansas, flooding in, in, in Kentucky and Ohio. Arkansas and Kentucky declared disaster areas in 90% of the state. The same time he tried to meet, March 2nd, January 21, 1998, President Clinton is waiting to meet with Arafat at the White House at the exact Arafat got word of President Clinton's sex scandal breaking at 3 o'clock on CNN on the news as we've seen it. 
when the sex scandal broke with, with Monica, Arafat was sitting in the Oval Office waiting on Clinton to tell him how they're going to get the Golden Heights back. Two people he should have never been with. Monica and Arafat. <laughs> Are you listening? You say it's awful, awful coincidental. January 21. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 September the 27th. Uh, let me get back down here where I'm supposed to be. October the 17th, 1998. Arafat comes to Texas for a meeting. Incredible rains fall on Texas in such a fashion that they couldn't have the meeting where there was because of flooding in the state. And parts of Texas are declared a disaster area. November the 23rd, 1998, Arafat comes to America. He meets with President Clinton, who is raising funds now for the Palestinian state. On this day, the stock market fell 216 points. I'm just giving you what the facts say. December the 12th, 1998. On this day, the U.S. House of Representatives vote. They vote to impeach Clinton. <laughs> At the very time of his impeachment, when it was announced, he was in Gaza on TV with Arafat talking about Israel. I think if I'd have been him, I'd have picked up on this measly little mouse is a killing me. When his impeachment was announced, he was in cahoots with that crowd, forming a pact against God's chosen race. I'm just giving you things that are fact at the library. You can read it for yourself. September the 3rd, 1999, Secretary of State Albright, she was a piece of work, meets with Arafat in Israel. Harry King Dennis comes on shore the very day after weeks of changing course in the Atlantic Ocean. It was out there for almost 15 days, and the day she met, it decided to come to America. Are you listening? Please pray for this country and pray for, uh, for Jerusalem. September the 22nd, 1999, Arafat meets with Clinton in Washington, D.C. The day before and after the meeting, the market uh, falls more than 200 points each day. That one week, it fell 520 points in the negative. The stock market, New York Stock Exchange, fell 520 points. I'll tell you what. I got a real sixth sense down in me that God ain't going to put up with this stuff forever. I suggest we fill up our altars and pray. I, I suggest we walk with God in the beauty of holiness. I suggest we keep our Bibles closed. I suggest we glorify God. And as a church, keep on ringing our hallelujahs and our amens and our glories. Because we got a God who is sovereign and who will judge. Somebody give Him glory right now. November the 11th, 2001, Arafat speaks to the U.N. General Assembly 
in New York condemns Israel. He later meets with Secretary of State Colin Powell. On this day, while they're meeting, having a luncheon, Saddam Hussein uh, threatens the U.S. with nuclear weapons. Within 24 hours of meeting with Powell, an airplane crashes in New York City, killing 265 people. Ten minutes from where Arafat stood and cursed the Jews. On June the 6th, 2001, President Bush sent CIA Director George Tenet to Israel to, broke, to broker a construction deal uh, in the disputed settlement areas. The president, this president now that's going to stand by Israel. Well, while Mr. Tenet was en route, a funny thing happened in the Gulf of Mexico. Tropical Storm Allison formed within a day and headed off to visit the president's home state of Texas. Allison's 10-day visit left Texas in shambles. Twenty-eight counties were declared disaster areas and $4 billion in Houston alone and $3 billion in the rest of the state because of this storm. Once again, the two stories shared front page news coverage in June 13th issue of New York Times, one article was say, said this, Flood tunnels into Houston's cultural heart. <laughs> the other one read just below it, Two sides in Mideast except U.S. peace plan for a ceasefire. And they got a ceasefire so they could get the deed to God's property. I, 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 listen, the Bible says we're supposed to tithe. I'd hate to be... Hell, I'd hate to be held accountable holding God's tithe in my pocket. And I'd sure, I'd sure be reluctant to be holding the deed to the Golan Heights in my pocket after it is as God-given as it was. The Bible, and I'm winding this up, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth that, shall he also reap. I want to read three verses to you, Brother Timmy. Give me, uh, there you go. Look at, look at Romans 3, 1. I didn't even realize this was as is pro-Israeli as it is, but what advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, or in every way, this profit. Notice what it said, chiefly because that unto them was committed the oracles of God. Now, ever since their Orthodox Judaism and ever since their own love for Mosaic law more than Jesus Christ, upon the shoulders of the church, upon the shoulders of fundamentalists, upon the shoulders of Bible-believing Christians, praise God, we hold those oracles tonight. We have those oracles in our command, and we preach these oracles for sinners to get saved. But God intended for the Jew to have them. One has said, the flower in which Christianity bloomed was in a Jewish bud. And that's true. But because they went the way of their own religion, they lost this favor and power. But, have you ever thought about this? How faithful must God really be to us who love Him? And, how, and I get that by this. 
We see His faithfulness to the Jew who's walked away from Him. They've turned their back on Him. They curse Him. They, they have no use for Him. But He still claims them and says they're His. I'd have given them up a long time ago. How about you? But because He loves them, I can say He loves me too. <laughs> Notice, if you will, in this epistle, Paul quotes these verses and tells us some good and some wonderful thing about them. And as a result of Israel's temporary blindness, the body of Christ has the guardianship of those mosaic tablets. Now, I thought this was, I give you this as an add-on. You, you ain't got to pay me no extra. On August the 15th, 2003, Judge Roy Moore, remember this fiasco in Alabama? Uh, Roy Moore announced on the O'Reilly Factor program that he had no intentions, and I quote, I have no intentions of obeying the federal court order to remove the Ten Commandments from uh, monument from Alabama's state judicial building, period, unquote. I did not know this, but I got this. This came from the Factor, O'Reilly Factor. Here's what, it, here's what happened. He was on that show... That evening, and how many of you remember the gridlock they had in New York City when the whole eastern seaboard went black? It was the same day Roy Moore made that statement. And most of the Northeast never even got to hear it. Because I got a feeling God had a problem. With people not wanting His Word where He put it. Are you listening? The following day, CNN Headline News Channel reported uh, that uh, Israel would, would comply with the roadmap to peace timetable and they'd surrender four of their cities to the Palestinian Authority. But the very next story announced that Tropical Storm Erica was headed for Brownsville, Texas. A headline on page 3A of USA Today, November 4th, 2003. And then right underneath the story about the storm was this caption, and I quote, Judicial Panel Oust Alabama Chief Justice. <laughs> and then I, it, it went right out beside it. It says, Winds Knocks the Socks Off. Of Texas. I wonder if God is going to create storms to blow through judgment. I quit. I'm done. I'm finished. Last week, boy, we really are living in some wonderful days. Last week, last Saturday, on my television, not from the library, not from the pages of history, not from a commentator's tablet, from my TV, the last family, they showed, they showed them in the newspaper being dragged out of the Golan Heights and all of their houses burned behind them. At gunpoint, the Israeli soldier says, there's nothing we've ever hated to do anymore in our life than to throw our own out of the yard and then torch their houses and burn them. 
But that's exactly what happened. They pulled the last one out and gave secession to the Palestinians Monday. Monday night and Tuesday. Well, you know the rest of the story. I stand on my ordination. I stand on my anointing. I stand on my reputation and my call to preach. That was nothing more than a bold judgment that came from God Almighty. And the navel of it went right down through the French quarters, right down through Bourbon Street, right down where they get their beads, and right down where they damn God and damn everything else that's right and everything else that's holy. And I'm telling you something, if we don't walk the straight and narrow and believe God and trust the Holy Ghost, He'll breathe everywhere! And it ain't far from here to the ocean. And it's not far from here to an earthquake. It's not far from here to the breath of God. You are living in the fulfilling days. If you want to stay lost, that's your business. You'll go to hell as sure as I'm going home tonight. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and get washed in the blood, you'll go to heaven as sure as I'm going home tonight. But you do not have the pleasure. Uh, Youngin, listen to me, son. Son, son. Uh, Listen to me. Listen to me, contemporary. Listen to me. You do not have the luxury to juggle many more hours and tell me how long you've got to get right with God because one of these days you're going to be sitting in them pews and three-quarters of this crowd are going to be gone. I'm telling you tonight, out of a heart that wants to see you do it and do right, pray for Jerusalem. Pray for peace in our town. And pray for God's power and God's judgment to flee the very presence of the children of God in this area. As long as it can, God... Oh, 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 uh, uh, over yonder in the Old Testament, will you? Abraham said, will you for, for ten, for ten, ten righteous, will you save this city? He said, find me ten. I won't burn Sodom and Gomorrah. Find me ten. He couldn't. He said, um, Lord, if I could find five, would you save Sodom and Gomorrah? He said, Find me five. He couldn't find five. Well, I take from the story this. There is a righteous crowd, and God will do so much for them, and He will bless them so much and give them so much of His grace. I want, to, I want to be able to look at God and say, God, for 150, would you spare North Augusta? For 125, would you spare North Augusta? I think we can manage that many, and I think God can manage... Blessing, joy, and grace. Give Him glory. Stand up with me, please. Stand up with me. That ain't my kind of preaching. 
I didn't want to do it. But the Holy Ghost drove me here and gave me this to tell you. For Jesus' sake tonight, I want to know how many of you still care enough to ask God to bless what He loves, what He's called, what He's anointed, what He's adopted. Near to the heart of God tonight is that crowd that's called His chosen people. Let's come tonight. Because, listen what it says. It says, you shall be blessed. You shall be helped. You shall be encouraged. If you'll do right, we got to go. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you've done for us tonight.